welcome back. Oh my gosh, it's been a minute. And you know it wouldn't be me if you could not hear the sounds of the road in the background. Yes, per usual, I'm in my car on my way to work. It is about 8.48 a.m. And I just thought, I'm like, I have not made a podcast episode in a while. So what have I been up to, you might ask? Or even if you're not asking, I'm going to tell you. The LSAT, okay? The LSAT, the LSAT, the law school admission test, okay? Honey, it's been beating me. But anyways, so... Like I said, from the very jump, I made this podcast to create more transparency around like uh, test scores, the process of getting into law school, the process of applying to law school, because honestly, even people that like have like YouTube channels or different podcasts or everything like that, they still keep some of their information to themselves. And I mean, when I say that, I mean like exactly what they put in their applications, exactly what else LSAT score they got and you know and that's totally fine not to dismiss them but I feel like if you're really trying to help people it's important to put all that kind of information in because how can they really see or you know maybe think that they can aspire to do something if they don't really have the figures right and everybody's kind of threshold for good or bad is different for example I am always on reddit yes I know but anywho 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 my mom was on reddit and and I am on like an LSAT uh, channel, or I don't even know. I'm new to Reddit though, to be honest. So I don't really know what they call them, channels or threads or whatever. I don't know. And there was one person on there that was like, so disappointed with my score. I got a 170. Huh? Like if I got a 170, um, I would be doing the macarena, uh, the macarena, the fucky, the fucky chicken, the sissy roll, uh, the booty call, and everything else. But for this person, like that's literally their truth. They were devastated over getting a. 170. So that's why I think it's important that people actually put um, what score they're getting there. Because it's just like, give me something that I can work with. Because if if there's people out there saying 170 is bad, huh? Like, make it make sense. So that's why I think it's important. But anyway, I digress. Okay, so... So I took the LSAT on September 9th. Um, I took it in person. It was like a Prometric uh, test center. Um, I live in like Wood Village, Oregon. And so it was out in like uh, kind of like the Clackamas area, kind of where Clackamas and Portland meets. Um, got there pretty early. They actually let me um, take my test about an hour earlier than I expected. So that was nice. Um, super nice check-in, very like low-key um, yeah, so then I got into the test, okay, got into the test, had my little sheets of paper they provided, and all of that, and I felt so prepared, I actually felt at peace taking this test, because I knew, even though I was nervous, like, to know, like, when I was done, like, oh, God, what did I get, like, I felt good about whatever I got, and for me, with the intensity and how I was studying, I had told myself, good, bad, or indifferent, like, this was going to be my score, and I was just going to go rock, I was going to rock with it, like, I was not going to take the test again, I know, like, when I first started, I think I might have said that I was, like, would shoot for another test um, if I scored bad, but I was like, I'm not going to take it again, I am not going to take it again, Um, so for me, I ended up having two uh, reading comprehension sections, Um, I don't really know how it works as far as, like, what you can talk about about the LSAT, so I, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but for me, 
I did get two um, reading comprehension sections. I did feel like I did better on one than the other because one did include um, a piece that like was wrapped in like pop culture, specifically like African-American pop culture. So that really had me very engaged because it was something that I could directly connect with with that piece. Um, so I feel like I rocked that one out. The other one, I did so-so. Um, but definitely like having all my processes, the Kaplan methods for, uh, logical reading, uh, logical reasoning and the reading comp, uh, really came through for me and even the logic games. Um, for me, my logic game section was a little bit, um, it, I will admit it threw me off a little bit because none of my questions or none of the, like the games in my section started off with like the traditional, um, question where they asked like, you know, they give you the rules and they say, so what What could be a, a possible order or a possible, you know, combination? You know how it has that kind of that first question that sets like, based on these rules, this is what the answer would be. None of them had that. It, all of them started with a new if question. So completely ignoring the rules that were set and then already throwing a wrench in the road. Like if this was blank, then what would the answer be? So for me, that kind of threw me off a little bit and had to like kind of kind of made me a little anxious where I felt like my concentration got off. And I really had to do like a breathing exercise <laughs> to kind of bring me back in because it just wasn't what I was expecting in that moment, you know? So... I took the test September 9th. Oh, y'all, I, I got a little congested, like, so bear with me. <laughs> and then I got my results back on September 27th. And mind you, the first half of this podcast, I recorded like a while ago. So yeah, <laughs> that might be why you recognize two different sounds in my voice and kind of two different moods, because this week I'm kind of recovering from a cold. Um, so today it is what? What is today? October... Jeez, wow, October, uh, well, I don't even know the date, that is just sad, that's how you know I just be on the go, honey, on the go, today is October 12th, uh, I got my uh, score back Oct- or September 27th, um, I did get a 157, which for me and the purposes of all the schools that I'm applying to, um, this put me in a lot of them in the 75th percentile as far as the um, the LSAT score. My number one school, it actually put me at the 25th percentile. Um, so with that being said, I'm feeling pretty confident only because I know I have so many other things to add as far as my work experience, uh, my statements, my uh, connection with my city's legal scene, everything else. I'm feeling confident. And so that's why I'm going to keep my score. Um, I must admit, I'm a little annoyed that I didn't break the 160s, especially because I was just so close, just three points off. Um, my goal score, I think I said at the beginning, was to get a 165. <laughs> so definitely off from what my goal was, but overall still feeling confident in what I was able to do uh, getting the 157. So I am going to go with that. Um, for me, I don't know if I shared my uh, my my schools, but my number one school that I'm shooting for is Lewis and Clark Law School here in Portland, Oregon. Um, Looking at the 23 class profile, they don't have it posted on the website, but I just did like some research and um, other um, websites that keep track of like schools in the nation. 
So for their uh, 2023 entering class, the 25th percentile was uh, 156. Uh, the median was, I believe it said 158. And then the 75th percentile was uh, 161. So I'm feeling good about that. I'm kind of in the lower end, but again, I have so many other things that I can bring. Uh, my second school is Seattle University School of Law. Their median for actually, I think the 22 class was 157. So boom, I hit that right on the nose. Um, St. Mary's in Texas, I think their 75th percentile was like, excuse me, I think 154 or 156. So knocked it out the park according to that school. Um, I don't think I'll apply. Oh, will apply to Willamette in in Salem, Oregon, uh, but I think their median was one fifty five for the seventy or not median, but the seventy fifth percentile. So overall, I'm feeling pretty confident in where I um where I landed. I think a one fifty seven. No, is it a one sixty? No, but is it gonna get the job done? <laughs> yes. And that's what I've really been telling uh, people. I've told a few of my mentors that, like, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't get the 160, especially because it's just probably a matter of three or four questions I could have boosted that. But as far as uh, the time crunch, the pressure, the anxiety of the test, and knowing where I started at a 144, like seeing that 13 point increase. Um, while going to work full-time, while being a mother full-time, while trying to study full-time and attending two different LSAT classes to be able to juggle all that and pull that off. Like for me, I feel extremely proud. And um, and anybody that doesn't even have all those things going on, if you get a 157, like be happy. If you get any score that shows improvement, be happy. Um, like I was saying earlier about people that get on Reddit and they're like freaking out. But like I literally posted on Reddit like, yo, if I get above a 156, like I'm not taking this test again. I am not because I think it's really important. And what I will try and strive to do when I do get into law school, not if, baby, because we in, okay, calling things as if they was, period. When I get into law school, when I become a law student, when I become an attorney, I really want to demystify the stress that comes along with it. Like, yes, unfortunately, I don't think it's something that we'll ever be able to get rid of, but it's like really living in the moment and being proud of what you are able to accomplish is so important versus just living to get to the next stressful event. What I mean by that is like, okay, oh my God, I want to get into law school. I'm so stressed out about the LSAT. Oh my God. Okay, boom, you get into law school. Oh my God, I'm a 1L and I'm so stressed and I don't know anything. I don't, you know, I thought I knew something and I'm so stupid. I don't know anything. Boom, you're stressed. Okay, I made it through 1L. Now it's 2L. Oh my God, oh my God. God. Well, actually, 2L, you're kind of posting is what I hear. But then 3L or 4L, depending on what program you're in. Oh, my God, I got to take the bar. Oh, God. You know, like, I don't want to live for the, the next panic event, especially because I already know I'm an anxious person. It's like living in the moment and just being proud. Like, I was looking up the statistics about, like, how many people in the population in the U.S. are lawyers. And I think it's like 0.36% of the total population are lawyers. So that in itself, like the fact that you are even, not even the 1%, like you are an attorney, you've already made it. And I think people just have to like really think about that and what that means, you know, and 
yeah, some people might look stellar on paper. Some people, you know, hell, might get a 175, might have a, a 4.0 GPA and things like that. And that's so great. And I'm not saying that they don't have a gratitude. But for somebody like me that really has had hard times in life, and again, a lot of the hard times I had in life has not been because of what the media or anything else will tell you about African-American people or women. I grew up in a two-parent household. I had a great childhood. I had great friends. I mean, I still have the same best friend from when I was what? How old was it when we met? I think 11 years old. We're now 29 years old. So I have like a strong community of people, everything great. But the times that I did stray is because of my own like self-infliction of making the bad choices. Um, So just being able to know that and seeing where I am now and seeing where I'm going to go, it's a lot of gratitude. And so if you focus on being grateful and giving yourself kudos for what you're doing, it edges out any room for the anxiousness. And again, this is coming from an anxious person. If my husband ever listens to this podcast, he's probably like, now she knows she's lying because she's anxious in a month. But anyways, yes, it's harder said than done to practice it. But it's true. And I always tell uh, people, my therapist says whenever, I have two parts of my brain, you know, kind of the, the truth and the perception, right? And so this is a true side speaking where I can say, like, just be grateful and, you know, be happy for what you have accomplished. Because at the end of the day, like, comparison is the thief of joy. Like, for me, I can be like, yeah, I got a 157. Like, I could be so happy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I'm due. And then I talk or I go online and I see people arguing about getting the 160. Man, I could have got that one soon. You know, but it's like, then I'm comparing. And that's robbing me from the accomplishment and the joy that I just had, knowing that, hey, girl, you started at 144 and you were able to get to a 157. When statistics says you really only can jump so many points, I think it's like 9 or 10, um, but I jumped 13 with all the responsibilities and the, and the quote-unquote distractions that I have. I was so able to lock in. So just looking at things, um, you know, in a way that applies to me, allows me to be grateful for the things that are happening in my life to me, for me, and around me. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that I had to, um, that this experience as a whole has taught me. Um, So yeah, but I will say just on the process of the whole, I have actually submitted my first application, which is my number one school, Lewis and Clark Law School. Um, they do do admissions on a rolling basis. I have met with um, the admissions dean a few times, different people on the admissions board. Um, I've done, like, set it on the class and just made some really good relationships there. And I'm, I just really love the campus and everything else. So I'm really excited. Um, I did apply to the evening part-time program, which the schedule for the first year is is going to be harsh. Um, I've kind of already accepted that had a day where even I was like, can I do it? But I think I can. Um, for my personal statement, kind of sh- going back to what I was just talking about, I went with the, the theme of my application, I would say, is accountability, right? For me, accountability in my life has been life-changing. Um. I was just talking about kind of the troubles or the, the situations that I've gone through in my life that have held me back. I was only able to change them when I took accountability of the simple fact that I could, <laughs> that whatever I was going through in my life was because 
I, in some way, shape, or form, made a choice that landed me there. It wasn't by choice. It wasn't by fate. It wasn't by somebody else's doing. Maybe the extent or the situation, yes, maybe. But the fact that I was present to be affected by the situation was my choice. So I took accountability. And that really resonated with me as far as really getting down to the beginning and the essence of why and how I'm able to really connect with people, to be able to assist people in the legal industry, because that is what the law is centered around, holding people accountable that break social contracts, holding people accountable that break the laws and things that we have come up with as a group of people to um, define the way that we interact with each other in society. And so being able to see that duality between the necessity of it being in the law and the necessity of it being in my life, I was able to come with a strong personal statement piece. And that's just one of the... um, One of the things that, for me, also, why I was just like, you know what, a 157 is solid. Let me go ahead and just match this this personal statement. Let me go ahead and match this diversity statement. Let me go ahead and, yeah, I got to put that GPA addenda and disciplinary addenda because I have at one point with somebody um, in school that didn't have all the coping mechanisms. So, yes, I have been put on academic warning because I did not, you know, perform in the best light in one semester. I have, you know, have taken a semester or two off. Like, I have done all those things, yet here I am, yet here I rise, okay? Yet here I rise, here she goes, like a phoenix, honey. And so, and so for me, it's always been really important to be transparent about that because it, it really is just defines... Um, who I am and my ability to really advocate for people because I first advocated for myself. And I think that's just so important. It brings a whole nother level and perspective of being able to see things from more than one angle, Um, especially me personally. I don't know if I've said this before, but I want to do defense work. Um, Kind of thinking about the criminal criminal law here and there, but I really want to do uh, labor and employment uh, defense work. And I think that's really important um, when you're defending Uh, to be able to see things from all sides. So yeah, so I mean, like I said, I just wanted to come on, put out a little uh, podcast episode because I have not in a while. It's just because I've been so focused and consumed with this whole process, Um, but I really do feel like it will pay off. Um, And like I said from the jump, I am here to be transparent about my journey. I am here to hopefully assist somebody else that maybe doesn't think they can apply to law school, whether it be because of their GPA whether it be because they're a mom or hell, even if you're a dad and you got kids out there. um, I just really want to encourage people and let them know that you can do it. You should do it. And if you have the guts to even think it, you have the guts to follow through and actually put it to action. But you just got to take that first step and you have to just say in your mind, if it was easy, everyone would do it. If it was easy, everyone would even conceptualize the fact that they could do it. And the fact that you even have it in your brain that this is something that you want to do, that right there should let you know that you have the it factor to actually carry it out. Because a lot of people don't even aspire to do what we're doing here. A lot of people don't even think to aspire to do what we're doing here. So just knowing it for yourself, um, that's all you got to know, you know. Um, A lot of things, like, for example, like, I'm a Christian, and one thing that I like to to tell myself is, when you know the who, you don't have to know the how, okay? (laughs) Let me take it to church for a minute. When you know the who, you don't have to know the how. 
And so for me, like I said, that that's God, that's my family, that's my support system. Those are my who's. So I don't have I don't have to know how. I just know it's gonna get done by all means necessary for myself, uh, for my kids, for my husband, everything, everybody, you know, it, it affects everyone. And I think um, for me being an African-American woman and a mother of of boys that will one day be grown black men, it's really important for me to show them that no matter what the case is, like it can be done. It's important for me to be a a representation of the woman that I would want them one day to to marry and have children with and, and, you know, continue the lineage that me and their father have started. Um, You know, all that stuff is very important. So whenever you think of things that you cannot do, also think of if you don't do it, the people around you that are looking up to you will also know that you thought that you could not do it. And so hopefully just thinking about stuff in that way will propel you forward in anything that you're doing. And if you're um, a person of color, we got to crash these boards in these industries, whether it's trades, whether it's being a police officer, whether it's being a doctor, a nurse, um, a lawyer, everything. The representation is so important. It's so important. And we have to stop looking at the the side of the argument that certain people that belong to majority groups traditionally white people don't want us to be there, you know, and and we have to give room for uh, people that are evolving too, right? But I hear a lot of the narrative about, well, you know, uh, they don't want me to be here, or, you know, there's not a lot of black people or or Latina, Latino people, so I'm not going to do it anyways, right? I hear that a lot. I really hear that a lot. And the thing about it is we know from the beginning of time, we know that's the narrative. Okay, how were we brought over here as slaves? Okay, so from conception, we know that's the narrative, but we have to look past that. If we want something to change, we can't be comfortable only being in spaces where we think people like us, right? Okay, so I just really encourage people to stop looking at things or wanting to join things only if you feel like it's going to be an open door, because the reality is it's not, right? It's not. But that doesn't mean you should not still walk through that door. That doesn't mean you still can't be inspired to uh, discover something new about yourself or discover an uncharted path because it's worth discovering. But y'all, I will definitely see y'all soon. I'll definitely probably post another podcast um, episode next week, probably. I'll like make some time to record something. But in the meantime, DM me, whatever the case, if you have any questions, please, I would love to connect with y'all. Thank you so much for following me for all my followers. And yes, yeah, stay tuned. Hopefully by December, if not early, I'll have some good news, y'all. Bye. Mm-hmm.